Well, Dr. Alan Kirby, the UK Director of Leading the Way, is my first uh, guest today. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning, Blair. Now, Alan, we're going to be talking about the exciting ministry uh, of, of Leading the Way, not just, of course, here in the UK, but in, in, on the broader stage. But before we get into all of that, tell us a wee bit about how you yourself uh, actually came to faith. Uh, yes. Um, so I have been um, a Christian for over over 50 years. Um, uh, I was uh, uh, born and, and brought up in uh, London, um, moved, moved, moved with my uh, family to the West Country when I was about 10 years old. Uh, we moved to a beautiful uh, little place called Wells in, in Somerset, um, which is England's smallest city and has a beautiful um, cathedral. Um, and uh, I had the privilege just a few years ago of um, joining the, um, the governing body of the cathedral, and, and, and that was just a huge honour and privilege. And, and, and basically, you know, it was almost like completing a, a circle after, after 50 years. But I became um, a Christian through meeting uh, a young lady who was later to become uh, my wife. Uh, we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary a couple of months ago. Uh, we met in um, a little uh, chapel in Cheddar in Somerset, um, which is where the uh, the cheese um, comes from. And, and I knew that, that um, at that time, I was simply going through the, the motions of becoming a Christian. I, I thought I was a Christian. I used to read my Bible. I thought I was doing the right things. Um, and then uh, one day, um, uh, my wife uh, asked me, she said, you know, are, are you a Christian? And I said, well, actually, I, I don't think I am. And then she said in the very uh, sort of loving and sensitive way, well, you best do something about it then. So um, so the story behind that was that, that my father uh, had been a Christian but had drifted away from God for many years. He then became seriously ill with a, with a rare form of, of leukemia. And even though I was only sort of 12 years old, I knew that the prognosis was not was not good. And he went into hospital, and uh, and he prayed um, that before he died, he would see the rest of his family um, come to know um, Jesus as Savior and uh, and Lord. Um, and then a, a, a remarkable thing uh, happened. Not only did he make a full recovery, uh, but my mother, brother, sister, and I all became Christians within about a six-month period, and and were baptized. Um, and uh, the, the, the story, as far as my conversion was concerned, was that I remember sitting down with my wife's father, who, who just you know, explained the gospel story to me in a very simple way. Um, you, you know, that, that sin came into the world through disobedience, that men and women uh, became separated from God because of that sin, that there was nothing that we could do ourselves to restore that relationship. But Jesus' death on the cross provided a way back um, to God. And I realized at that time that it was not by doing good works. Um, it was not by, you know, becoming a, a better person, but it was simply through faith, repentance, and forgiveness. And I remember exactly the day, the time, and the place where I came across a, a verse from the Bible that was, I think, that the moment when I um, moved from life to being born again, uh, as the Bible puts it. And, and, and that verse was uh, Romans 10, verse 9, where it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
for it's with heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess uh, and are saved. Uh, uh, and at that moment, when I confessed and believed and repented, I knew that my sins were forgiven. Um, I knew that my relationship with God was restored. And at that moment, I, I, I do believe, you know, as the Bible says, you know, I, I was born um, again. And I was just given, you know, the, the most amazing level of hope, peace, and comfort. You know, I, I had never, ever experienced that before. And I was given, you know, the assurance of an eternal destiny. And my life was changed for forever. You know, it, it's a decision that influenced my family, my relationships, uh, my career path. Um, and it's probably the most significant decision that I've um, ever made. Now, today, of course, we're going to be focusing on the ministry that you're leading here in the UK, uh, you know, leading the way and, and, and also the amazing reach of that ministry uh, world, yes. worldwide. I mean, you said there about your, your, your journey. You, you must be amazed and I'm very encouraged to see the very different and varied ways that people actually come into personal faith themselves. It, it, must, it must amaze you. It certainly amazes me. Um, yes, I mean, I think, um, you know, if, if you're looking at a Christian ministry on a, on a global scale, uh, you know, you will have you know, people from, from different cultures, from different races, from different languages, um, and they, they can be uh, reached uh, in, and, and, you know, we, we, we can come on to the ministry of leading the way a little bit later on. Um, but, but the gospel um, has a unifying message. You know, it's a simple message that simply asks you to turn from the way that you have been living uh, to a new way of life. And the only person that can enable that to happen is through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross, you know, through his death uh, and resurrection. And communicating that simple message across the globe through the power of the media, which is simply um, the mechanism that Lead in the Way uses to communicate the gospel. You know, you can reach hundreds of millions of, of people, you know, through, through that simple, um, simple mechanism. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, over the past couple of years, you know, where we have seen the world in disarray uh, and, and really struggling and, and, and people... Um, fearful, you know, looking for hope, peace, and security for the future. Um, you know, we, we have discovered that we have uh, a way of reaching those people with the gospel where people are responding literally in the millions, you know, to that simple message of, uh, of hope for the future. Now, Alan, you were to meet uh, a man who was really going to, to really change your life and, and, and set a, a course for you that maybe you didn't quite expect. Tell us, how did you meet Mike, <laughs> Michael Youssef? <laughs> so I met Michael Youssef um, in uh, the summer of, um, of 2018. Um, I remember being phoned up by uh, a friend the day before and um, completely out of the blue. And, and he said to me, um, he said, what are you doing tomorrow? So I said, I've got a very full diary. What do you have in mind? So he said, well, I'd like you to meet um, Dr. Michael um, Youssef. Um, and it was just the day before that I was saying to my wife that I really needed to give some things up. I was just too busy. I was sitting on too many you know, sort of charity boards and that 
sort of thing, and I just needed to slow down uh, a little bit. But anyway, um, I met um, Michael uh, Youssef, and um, within, I don't know, after sort of spending two two hours with him, I, I was just totally blown away by this extraordinary ministry called um, Leading the Way. Um, and as we as as we talked, um, uh, we discovered that we that, that, that we shared uh, um, uh, many things in common. So. Um, Michael was born in uh, Egypt. Um, he became a Christian in his late teens. He then moved to Sydney, Australia, to attend um, the uh, Anglican Theological College uh, in Sydney, which was called Moore College. Um, uh, I had worked in Sydney for a number of years. Um, I got to know the, the principal of Moore College well. Michael obviously knew the principal of Moore well. Um, we discovered that we had many um, acquaintances, both in Australia and, and, and the UK. Um, and what impressed me most about Michael when we were talking was his passion about proclaiming the uncompromising truth um, of God's Word. Um, he kept mentioning his great love for the UK. Um, so, so he mentioned the English Reformers and the Wesleyan Revival and the Welsh Revival. Um, it was the UK that gave us the great preachers of the past, so people like Charles Spurgeon, John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, uh, and so on. Um, and I was also deeply impressed that, um, that he was mentored um, by a man called John Stott, who many of your listeners um, will have heard of. You know, still a great um, respected Bible teacher uh, and scholar. Um, so Michael said that he was looking for someone to head up the work of leading the way in the UK. Uh, I was not uh, expecting to be offered um, a job that, that day, but I was just so, you know, as I explained a moment ago, just totally blown away by this extraordinary ministry that was literally reaching hundreds of millions of people across the globe um, through the, the power uh, of the media. Um, uh, the meeting was more than uh, a coincidence, uh, and I believe that there was a great, you know, sort of meeting of hearts and minds, um, both physically and, and spiritually. Um, uh, so I, I joined Lead in the Way uh, in August 2018, uh, so three and a half years later. Um, so encouraged by what God is doing through Lead in the Way in the UK. Uh, and also the way the ministry here can contribute to, um, the, you know, the the outreach ministry on a uh, on a global scale. Uh, so it is an absolutely thrilling ministry to um, be part of, and and a real privilege. And of course, it had a very modest beginning, and didn't it? Um, really, with with one radio station in yes. the American city of of Atlanta. Do you want to just yes. say a little bit about? Those are early days of the ministry yeah. itself. Yeah. Yes. So um, uh, the ministry was obviously founded by Dr. Michael Youssef. Um, that's nearly 33 years ago. Uh, it started out as a small radio station in uh, in Atlanta. Um, and uh, I think, you know, M Michael went into the ministry, radio ministry, very reluctantly. Um, uh, he, he believed that, you know, that... Um, that radio and uh, subsequently TV ministry was, was not really his thing. Um, but uh, Michael's mantra, if that's the right word, for the past 33 years, 
has been simply to trust and obey God. Um, and if you you read his story, and he, he wrote a book a few years ago called Trust and Obey, which is his basically sort of life story testimony, um, it, it just says so clearly that all we have to do as Christians uh, is to trust God and obey him for the future. Michael would say um, that if you asked him to give a talk on strategic planning, it would be the shortest talk ever. <laughs> um <laughs> So, so again, that, that you know, that just re-emphasizes the thing about, you know, what is God's will for your life? Um, and if you say, God, will you show me what your will is and lead me, all we have to do as believers is to trust him for the future. And if we get to that place of complete dependence and obedience, you know, God will lead um, and you know, take you on an amazing journey, you know, as, as, as Michael has demonstrated with Leading the Way. So today, 33 years later, um, we are literally uh, reaching hundreds of millions of people across the globe through the power of uh, the media, uh, modern methods of communication. So that's television, radio, satellite, uh, internet, social media, um, we have some uh, little devices called navigators, which are solar-powered devices that don't need electricity, um, and they carry the whole of the Bible and about 200 of Michael's, um, you know, solid Bible teaching messages across the world, particularly in places where, um, you know, where there's no electricity, where there's no where there's no internet, and they are transforming. Uh, literally hundreds of thousands of uh, of, of lives. Um, so th- 13,000 programs are broadcast each week by Leading the Way in 26 languages um, across uh, six continents. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, literally hundreds of millions of people' uh, lives are being impacted by, by the gospel. Um, so that is thrilling. And of course, in the second hour of today's program, uh, I'm going to be talking to Michael himself, and it was a real privilege to meet him uh, just a, you know a few months ago. Uh, it's, he struck me, uh, Alan. I'm sure you find the same. He, he's a very self-effacing man. Uh, I, I, I find him, yes. uh, you know, he he clearly emphasised that all he really wanted to do uh, was what God wanted him. to to do, uh, but he didn't come across as somebody who was overly full of himself, uh, um, even though, of course, he, he yeah. is respected worldwide. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I, um, I, I'm probably very biased when I say this, but I think you know, Dr. Michael Youssef is, is a very unique man. Um, if you look at your typical television evangelist, Mike, Michael Youssef is, you know, is not that. He doesn't fall into... You know any any of those um, you know sort of sort of boxes. Um, his passion, literally, is to preach the gospel and to reach as many people as possible with the gospel um, before Michael is is taken home um, to heaven. Uh, he, he often says he lives for the audience of one. Um, so you know what what, what is Jesus going to say to him on that day? when Michael, you know, faces Jesus face to face. Um, so, so, so that is um, Michael's driving force. That's what motivates him. Um, 
and he, he will he will also say that you know he is leading the way's number one volunteer. He doesn't receive any remuneration for the work that he does. Um, and uh, you know I, I have seen him at the end of meetings where people line up to shake his hand, and often you know many people want to you know hand a check or or, or you know give money to him as a donation to the ministry, but he will never physically handle the check or the money. He will say, you know, thank you very much for your for your kindness and for your generosity. Would you please pass the money or the check to? Um, a colleague who is, you know, standing beside him. So, in in terms of integrity, you know, I cannot think of another person who, uh, you, you, you know, has that to the same extent that Michael Youssef has that. And I think because of that, you know, God is pouring out His blessing upon Michael's ministry and upon the ministry of leading the way. Now, Alan, I, I, I know whenever you were talking about your introduction to Michael himself, he had said to you that the UK uh, was actually uh, one of those places where it was like a, you know, the, the home of so many uh, wonderful Christian things, not the least of which, of course, yeah. is revival. You, you yourself, of course, uh, have been captivated by revival, and that led yeah. you to make a visit to, to the Hebrides. Just tell us why, why, why did you make that journey? Yeah. So just after um, my, my conversion uh, in, in my late teens, um, God laid on my heart a real passion uh, for renewal in the church and, and revival in the nation. And, and I can remember as a young Christian, you know, just sitting down and consuming the, the books which described historical accounts of Revival, and, and I was particularly struck by um, the, the accounts of the Hebridean revival in the 1950s. And I remember reading um, uh, an article where uh, a pastor—it described a pastor um, who heard what God was doing in the Hebrides in the 50s—and this pastor asked a question to Le- Leonard Ravenhill, um, who um, was the you know the well-known known theologian and evangelist. And the pastor said. Um, he said, we wish revival would come to us as it came to the Hebrides. And I was really struck by Ravenhill's reply. Uh, he said that revival didn't come to the Hebrides by wishing. The heavens were opened and the power of the Lord swept across those islands because a group of ladies waited tear-stained and traveling before the throne of the living God. And that really made such an impact uh, on my life, that I then made the decision that I wanted to actually meet people who had gone through um, a powerful move um, of God. And of course, you know, the last known revival across the British Isles was that revival um, on the Isle of Lewis in the 1950s. Um, and I had the privilege some years ago of meeting some of the people who had um, gone through that um, that, that powerful uh, move of God under the ministry of uh, Duncan Campbell. So I did a bit of research. Um, I, I found uh, a man by the name of Donald Smith um, who invited me up to Lewis, um, and I spent a couple of days with him. And, and literally, he took me um, across the, um, the, the the island, which is actually quite, um, you know, a, a desolate place. And he took me um, to sort of isolated farmhouses to meet people who had gone through that great move of God. When I met them, they were in their 70s, 
um, when that move of God happened, they would have been in their teens or uh, 20s. And as I sat around kitchen tables um, listening to these stories, I, I was just totally blown away by what I heard. So they shared stories of, of churches that were absolutely packed, of people wanting to come and hear uh, Duncan Campbell uh, preach. Um, they shared stories of, of, of roads that were gridlocked, of people wanting to get to um, to chapel. Um, they shared stories of, of, of workers who literally fell down in the fields while they were working under the conviction of sin. Um, and one of the most extraordinary things that um, uh, that they shared with me that uh, apparently the the presence and the power of God was so uh, tangible and evident um, that even passengers on passing ships were uh, affected. Um, and we know, you know, from uh, history that many thousands were uh, converted under that under that great move uh, of God. And I was reading recently. I went back to the story, um, and. Um, I was reminded that, uh, uh, that, that that Duncan Campbell was invited um, to go to Lewis, I think, for, for three weeks to conduct um, some meetings, um, but actually he stayed three years. So a trip that he planned for three weeks actually became, you know, a, a three-year uh, period. And, and Blair, I think, you know, the other thing that... Um, that was really impressed upon me at that time was that we, we, we simply can't engineer revival. You know, it, it is a sovereign uh, act of God. We don't know when uh, the Spirit is going to move. We don't know where the Spirit is going to move. But it seems to me that the characteristics uh, are always the same. You know, there always seems to be um, a real passion for prayer. There always seems to be a, a longing for holiness um, there always seems to be a return, you know, the need to return to the uncompromising truth of God's word. There needs to be a repentant church, and there needs to be a longing to see, you know, many people um, converted. Um, so that trip to Lewis, um, and this is, this is going back to, what, 1997 now, just, just made such a great impact uh, on my life. And, th and that really has been, I think... Uh, a, a, a consistent theme over the over the past 30 years um, and I think the thrilling thing is you know that, that Michael Youssef and leading the way and I never expected me to collide with with this ministry Michael Youssef you know now now shares that real burden to see a fresh spiritual awakening um, across the UK um, and we have a number of things planned for next year, which we may come on to um, just a bit later on in the interview that I can share. Fantastic. Well, we're going to be uh, hearing from Michael himself in the next hour of the programme. 90.1 Hope FM and hopefm.com. It was my great privilege to go up to London just a few months ago and meet Michael. And I began by saying to him that his was a ministry that almost didn't even begin. His life uh, was threatened actually what happened is uh, three major doctors in town, including a German one uh, who was living in Egypt at the time, and so said to my mother that you cannot, your health cannot um, help uh, sustain another pregnancy and she needs to abort. But the pastor of our church was a godly man, 
My parents went to see him and they said, no, if the doctor said that, you know, it's your life and so on. But then the next day, he um, had a vision and couldn't uh, sleep. So he went, knocked on the door and he said, the day of the procedure. And he said, uh, if anything happens to you, I've got to live with myself. But I believe he or she, because of course back then they did not know, is going to serve the Lord. So an interesting thing is all of my brothers and all my siblings are bankers and prof economic economists. And so there were now uh, people in ministry and they were all believers. And so that was kind of an unusual um, prediction or at least a, um, uh, a word from the Lord for her. But she said, you know, I trust God. If I die, I die. And I'm um, because they did tell her she could die. And, yeah. and of course, you, you went through a very difficult time just before you accepted the Lord. You were, yeah. I think you, you saved yourself. You were a rebellious teenager. I was. And because in the back of my head, in the back of my mind, I did not want to go to the ministry. And so in my foolishness, I thought, well, if I become damaged goods, God cannot use me and I'll be successful like my brothers, you know, <laughs> go into business or whatever with my dad. But uh, God had graciously another thing in mind, and yeah. so grateful that he brought me to himself. And of course, your mother did uh, pass away, well, yes. be promoted to heaven, of course, yeah, when you were 17. How did you How did you cope with that? It was very hard, it was very difficult, and the devil tried to use that, you know, how can God love you? And and uh, takes your mother away. But she was in such pain that even common sense says, you know, she's you know, released from her pain. But it was before I turned 17 and, and I came to the Lord in March, she died in July. But in her joy and telling everybody, you know, that I'll die in peace now that I know he had come, he's given his life to Christ. That was a great source of comfort. And so she, she went to glory and um, knowing that what she risked her life for, God is now beginning to show her that he's not going to leave me. And of course, the amazing thing was that she saw you coming to Christ yes. before she was promoted to glory. Exactly. Four months, yes. literally four yes. months. Fantastic. Uh, and that was, uh, as I said, it was, she would take the letter that I wrote her out and showed to everybody and said, you know, now I know I risked, I risked my life 17 years ago. Yeah. So even at that young age, I mean, obviously your journey from Egypt was to take you to Lebanon and then yeah. to Australia. Yeah. At what point did you yourself feel the call to full-time ministry? Oh, I felt that I knew about the call when they told me the story. I was 10, 11. So you, you believe what the pastor I, had oh, oh, gosh, yeah. yes. I mean, uh, it was no doubt that this is the deal the real deal and uh, so there was no and that's why I rebelled the reason I rebelled is because I knew this is what God wants me to do so there's a part I, of you that said well hold on a minute you know, oh yeah I didn't want to do that I did not want to do that at all now your journey of course was to take you to theological college and in fact eventually of course to the United States yeah. what was the draw of, of all of the countries in the world that you could have gone to I mean I know you were keen to get out of Egypt because of the political instability sure. there. But what was the draw to the United States? Well, you know, the freedom and I would read about the, the, the you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and uh, to my knowledge, 
There is no country in the world, from my reading, that had that kind of... I'm living under socialist Islamic dictatorship. And you cannot even say what you think to your classmate because he could be a government informant. That's how bad it was. And so experiencing all of that, and I read about all the freedoms that Americans have, that's where I want to be. I want to be in a free land so I can preach the gospel freely. And if I have to preach the gospel uh, even back in, in the Middle East, at least I want to experience that freedom. Now, always at the heart of you, even though you, you've seen millions of people come to Christ yes. and you have now a worldwide media industry, you're still the number one volunteer for leading the way, aren't you? Right, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Uh, that was a designation my son gave me who was running leading the way at the time. And he, all of a sudden he said, Do you did you only realize that our number one volunteer is my dad? because of my commitment not to receive any compensation whatsoever from books or anything uh, from leading the way, but only to give and whatever God, even on top of our giving my time, giving financially. And God blessed us in a way that I never thought possible. Now, of course, you began by uh, uh, obviously going to theological college, to Fuller the Theological College, and, and, and then that led you to Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. uh, where you founded a, a church. There's Moore College is where I went to Sydney, and Moore College, and then I did a graduate in uh, cross-cultural studies in the School of World Mission, and then I went uh, to Atlanta to head up an organization called Haggai Institute in the 80s. I headed up that ministry for nine years. And uh, while I was there, the Lord basically laid it on my heart to plant a church, an evangelical church. And you started with, was it about 40 plus members? 28 adults. 28 adults and 16 children. That's how we started in a room very small room in the hotel. Yeah. Now, if we were transported right now to Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. your church is a little bit bigger than that, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yes. <laughs> As they say, the rest is history. One of the things that really impressed me about your, your speaking today was the fact that you didn't set out and do a business plan. Right. Michael Yusuf didn't sit down and say, do you know what, in, yeah. in 10 years' time, I would like to have a church of this yeah. size. Uh, you've, you've been led by God yeah. all the way through, and that must be a great encouragement to you. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is... It is in my darkest days or darkest nights, I always look back and said, hey, I didn't seek any of this. God is the one who brought it. And that gives me comfort, regardless of what I'm going through, is that the guy who did this, God who did this, is going to take care of the rest of it. So I, I rest in peace. Now you're here in the United Kingdom. And of course, uh, next week, you'll celebrate 20 years of leading the way. Now, for the uninitiated, just tell us a little bit about what is leading the way? Well, Leading the Way started as a small radio ministry in a few radio stations in the south of the United States. And then within three years was nationwide and hundreds of radio stations and people were seeking and put me on the air even for free and stuff like that. So I was um, encouraged and I said, well, obviously it's of God. So and then went uh, from there to a man uh, who was a Presbyterian pastor, pioneered Christian television and Ben Hayden came to me and said God told him to give me his television ministry. I didn't want to be on television. Well, and you didn't want to be on radio. I didn't want to be on radio. I never sought any of this. Anyway, so he, he literally came in my office, dumped it, said, I'm retiring. God told me to give it to you. 
and we launch it on television. Mm. So this this relatively small media ministry, yeah. uh, pretty much localized in, in Atlanta, is now of course a worldwide ministry. How many people do you reckon that your ministry is reaching? You know, uh, week by week. Well, initially we said we want. Uh, 3.9 billion people of the most spoken languages of the world. And of course you, you get 1.4 billion in China with covering Mandarin and Cantonese. We have both languages. And, uh, and then, you know, Farsi, and Turkish and Hindi and so on. We just kept going and God kept opening doors and it, it's a dual language program. Arabic, of course, is our original, the original language was Arabic. Uh, so God kept opening these doors and we kept walking through them. Yeah. <laughs> so the 20-year anniversary here in the United Kingdom, right. and I know that you've also got a, a broader vision right. for 2025 to reach a million people right. for Christ. I mean, you've always been guided by God. Yeah. What, what would you like to see the future? Well, at 73, I don't know how long I've got, but whatever years I've got, I know when I prayed back in mid-60s, and, and I thought, you know, I'm basically all my colleagues retired, I'll retired, I've served, I've done my part, and God said, no, I'm not through with you yet. And so he gave me that vision of 2025, one million souls. So I'll be very contented to know that when I go to heaven, there'll be one million souls who would come and say, because of you and your partners, I am now here in heaven. And that's just my ultimate goal. I like your, your example of having that one-to-one -one conversation. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, audience of one. You, you and God. Yeah. The audience <laughs> of one. Every one of us going to have it. You're coming back to the United Kingdom uh, next year to celebrate yeah. the 20-year anniversary of leading the way here in, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, what's in store? Can you give us a little Looking test? Looking forward, yes. We're having a big gathering at the Methodist Centre. Uh, and there'll be a night of celebration, music, praise, worship, and giving thanks to God for those 20 years of His hand guiding us. Michael, we're broadcasting this at the Advent season, yes. and there can be no better time in which to share how the birth of that little baby sure. has changed all of our lives. Yes. What will you say to those who are listening to us right now? Encourage them. Let's, let's hear Absolutely. It. I think the most important thing, number one, you get a lot of noise, a culture, even from churches and from Christians, a lot of noise around us. You need to stop all that noise and you say to God, I want to trust you and I want to obey you. Show me the way. And you know, I have never known God, I've never known anyone to pray that prayer and God did not show up. And He showed them. He opened doors they never thought possible. He took them through uh, things, um, to do things and serve Him. And so that's the most important thing. You seek the mind of God. Seek God's vision. He will give it to you. Because it's, it's, it, it's not my vision that I give to God and say, please bless my vision. It is my prayer on my knees saying, give me your vision so that I may obey it. It's a world of difference. So right at the heart of that is God who wants to connect. Yes. But we also need to reach out to Him. Oh, absolutely. You have to ask Him. He said, ask. <laughs> yes, and you will. And James said, you ask not, you have not because you ask not. Absolutely. And then when you ask, sometimes you ask wrongly. So if you ask God for his vision, his 
plan. He'll give it to us. And do you think, I mean, obviously, we right over the all over the world, we've been through COVID and many, many challenges, yeah. lots of people isolated and so on. Yeah. As you look forward, I mean, it's been a, a long time since there's been a real outpouring of God's yes. Holy Spirit yes. in terms yes. of revival. Yes. You know. what, what's your own sense of, 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 of that? Uh, my sense is, unless God intervenes and He gives us an awakening, uh, you know, it would be hopefully his return. Either if this, neither one of those happen, I think we are in a world of hurt as believers in the West. And now the people in the Middle East have been persecuted for hundreds of years. But in the West, we're not used to that. And this is going to be a new day for us. And God may allow this. I don't know. But it is my prayer that he will send us an awakening before that dark day comes. Well, Michael, I can't interview you without asking you to pray. Sure. So, so why don't you do this in prayer? Maybe people would reach out to the Lord as they listen. Father, I pray for everyone who's listening to us right now. Uh, there are no accidents, there are no happenstance, and no circumstances. You have allowed every person who's listening to right now is to be listening. And so I pray for them specifically. You know who they are, you know their circumstances, you know their situation. And so I pray for everyone, that there would be such an awakening in the spirit of those who are believers, that they will come say like Samuel, here I am Lord, and those who don't know you would say, Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I want your forgiveness, your eternal life. And so I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Yusuf, thank you so much. Pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. God bless. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Alan Kirby is is my very special guest today. A big thank you, of course, to Dr. Michael Yusuf there, who you heard from just a few moments ago. Uh, so, Alan, I know that I think it was in 2018 uh, that Leading the Way launched a, a vision uh, to reach a million souls globally uh, by the year 2025. Uh, how is it all going? Uh, it's I think is exceeding um, expectations. Um, so I think, um, uh, as Dr. Youssef shared in that uh, that, that interview with you, um, you know, when, when when he got to the age of seventy, um, I, I think you'd expect, you know, sort of most people to slow down, retire, play a bit of golf, go on some cruises, and so on. But um, <laughs> but, but that was not. <laughs> but yeah. that was not Michael's plan for the future, and um, instead. You know, he basically wanted to sort of, you know, step up a few gears and become more ambitious um, uh, with, uh, you know, um, his vision to see the gospel go go out even, you know, further and wider. Um, so, yeah, Vision 2025 was launched in 2018. Uh, and as you said, you know, the vision was to see at least one million souls come to Christ by 2025. Um I think Mike, Michael said when you met him in London a few weeks ago that that, um, that target has probably been surpassed. Um, and uh, I, I think he's probably now reviewing, you know, um, the target maybe for the, for, for the next couple of years, you know, which is absolutely um, thrilling. But again, Vision 2025 simply uses the power of the media to communicate um, the gospel. Um, and if we just, you know, sort of look back over what's happened over the past year, you know, just, I was just looking at some figures this morning. So over the past year, Leading the Way was able to distribute uh, over half a million um, resources across the world, which explain 
you know, the Christian faith in a very simple way. 50 million new TV viewers were reached through the ministry. Um, at the height of the pandemic last year, uh, our field team um, was receiving something like 600 messages each day from people wanting to know more about the Christian faith. Um, the little Finding True Peace um, clips that you play regularly, um, Blair, on Hope FM, those have gone round the world. Uh, and I think the last count was that something like 100,000 people um, have responded to those clips uh, and have connected to the Finding True Peace website. Um, and, and we know that many thousands have become Christians, uh, you know, as, as a result of that. If I can just share one um, story from the UK, which I was reminded about um, this morning, um, which was broadcasting those Finding True Peace clips that, that you play regularly on your program. Uh, so we go back to uh, Easter of last year and the, um, the, the riots in um, Northern Ireland. Um, and, I, and I think this just, um, you know, sort of explains how the power of the media from a Christian point of view can really impact lives. So we thought as a team, wouldn't it be great if we could launch a social media campaign uh, over that Easter weekend last year when the riots were at their, uh, at their peak? Um, and we posted... Um, a, a series of evangelistic messages um, on, on our social media platforms and we were totally surprised by the scale of the response. So on Facebook, thousands of young people watch those videos across Belfast um, as, uh, as well as you know, tens of thousands across Northern and Southern Ireland. Over 400 people visited the Finding True Peace website. Uh, on YouTube, um, we saw 17,000 people watch um, the video. Uh, I think 30% or something were under 24 years of age. Um, and then, remarkably, the riots stopped. Now, <laughs> cause and effect, we, you know, we, we, we're not saying that um, the riots stopped because of the Finding True Peace campaign, but the riots stopped, and it was a remarkable answer to prayer. But just the use of social media in getting those short evangelistic clips out on social media with the volume of particularly young people who were listening to those, watching those, you know, that had a remarkable impact. So that was, you know, a, a thrilling thing from the UK's point of view that we were able to contribute to the, um, the, the ministry uh, in that sort of way. I mean, it is quite remarkable, isn't it, that hard people just, I, I mean, some people say you, they find the, 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 the broadcasts and so on and the social media uh, output by by yeah. accident. But of course, nothing really happens by accident, does it? God is quite amazing and yeah. uh, kn knows how to connect people into into a whole range of, of messages. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I think going back to Michael's thing about you know, trust and obey, you know, simply that level of obedience. Um, um, I, I, you know, I, I think we were trying to sort of um, emulate that, if you like. You know, we, we, we prayed about the situation. We felt God was leading us, you know, to launch this social media campaign. Uh, we, we were simply trusting and obeying God to do some great thing, things through that, you know, that, that mini campaign. 
and God bless that work, you know, and, uh, you know, thousands of people were, were reached, and I'm sure many people became Christians as, you know, as, as a result of that, you know, and, and that was thrilling. I mean, one of the things that Michael sort of said there was he was comparing sort of other countries with, with, with obviously Europe and, and so on, and and he mm. was saying that, that really, uh, that we, we long for what we were talking about earlier on, that, that same power of God that touched the Hebrides, you know, yes. once again. Yes. Uh, uh, what's your own yes. feeling about, I mean, I know this has been your own passion for many years, yes. but as you look at the UK yes. now and, and all that we're experiencing, yes. what's, your, what's your feeling? I, I think that, um, you know, as I, as I was saying earlier, um, I think the you know, since the start of the COVID pandemic in uh, the beginning of 2020, you know, I think the world is in a very, very different place. Um, I think so many people now are desperately searching for answers. Um, and I think that applies to Christians as well as non-Christians. Um, you know, I think the world is in a place of cri- crisis, chaos and uncertainty. Um you know, political unrest, you know, the whole sort of, you know, climate change thing, the COVID pandemic, you know, where, where is that going to go? Um, it, it looks as though it's not, not going to, you know, go away uh, quickly. Um, and, you know, we, we don't know the future. We don't know what the next minute um, will bring. Um, but, you know, I think as, as Christians, we do know that the safest place for each one of us uh, is to have that faith and trust uh, in uh, in God, and just coming back, Blair, to um, Michael Youssef's growing passion for revival. Um, in October, he he was invited to speak at the D.L. Moody Center in New England, in in, in the states, and um, you know we're probably aware of the story of you know D.L. Moody who carried the flame of revival, you know, from the States to the UK mm. uh, and, and and across Europe. And I think within a couple of months, you know, he had preached to about two million people, you know, without without the platform of, you know, sort of um, modern technology and social media and and so on. Um, and, and God used him mightily um, to bring that, uh, that, that torch, that flame of revival from America to the UK um, and, and Europe. And my real prayer, and, and, and this goes back to when I joined Leading the Way three and a half years ago, and I think God laid that on my heart at that time very firmly. My prayer is that God would use Leading the Way and Dr. Youssef to bring a special, fresh spiritual reformation um, to uh, our, our nation. And and I, I, I do think the time is right for that to happen. Um, and I think, you know, if you look around the, the UK, um, I think, you know, there is a growing burden uh, for an outpouring of prayer to see that happen. And if we, you know, if we go back to the Hebrides, um, it was a number of people, including those three old ladies who pledged to pray, I think, two or three times a week, for about eight hours a day and there were other people who made pledges as well to pray but i think god honored those prayers um and 
as a result, you know, that there was that great move of God across those islands and thousands were converted as a result. I think if God's people uh, have that burden, uh, they get down on their knees and they cry out to God to move again in that very special way, I'm sure God um, would, you know, would would, would honour that. Um, and I think, you know, I think my uh, other things that I would pray for leading the way, you know, in addition to seeing that spiritual uh, awakening, is that, um, that that God's word would go out more widely and with more urgency. And, and, I, and I think, you know, it's the uncompromising truth of God's word that we need to see proclaimed uh, again in our churches. And I, and I think somehow, you know, we have lost um, that real emphasis on biblical truth. Um, I think we need to see God's word restored again to its rightful place within key pillars of society. You know, so you know, seeing God's word restored in government and education and the media and 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 the business world. You know, where this has slipped very slowly but very steadily uh, over the years, and we we have lost something in this nation which we need to regain um, and uh, recapture. So I feel encouraged, I think, you know, about about the future. And I think there is a stirring among God's people in the nation, you know, to see that uh, that happen again. And I'm thrilled that Dr. Michael Youssef, you know, ha- now has that burden on his heart. Uh, for the UK in particular, you know, his love for the UK, uh, I, think, I think he mentioned that in his interview. He did, yeah. uh, and, and that thrills me. That thrills me, you know, that he really has that love and burden uh, to see see that happen again. Um, and that's what we need to be praying for. Of course, next year, very special year for you in the UK with Leading the Way, celebrating 20 years. So what a, a milestone that is. What, are, what plans are there? So 20 years of Leading the Way's uh, ministry in the UK. Um, it's very um, excited about that, and we're already making some quite ambitious plans to uh, to celebrate next year. Um, so we want to basically um, uh, expand what we have been doing already. We want to invade more territories uh, with the gospel, have a much uh, broader and wider and deeper uh, impact. Uh, so the plan is to um, broadcast... Uh, Michael Youssef's programs on more TV and radio uh, outlets. Um, We're in discussions at the moment um, to get um, Michael's preaching on secular TV uh, and radio. Uh, We want to continue to broadcast our Finding Through Peace um, short uh, evangelistic commercials uh, on more radio stations Um, uh, and some special events that will be uh, coming up towards the end of next year. So on the 8th of October next year, we um, will be um, holding uh, an evening of thanksgiving and celebration at the Methodist Central Hall in Westminster. Um, And uh, that will involve uh, a number of of, of very uh, special guests. Uh, Dr. Youssef, of course, will be uh, be, um, preaching. Uh, We are planning to hold uh, a large event for church leaders um, specifically around the, the theme of prayer and revival to encourage 
um, an outpouring uh, of prayer. Um, we are going to do um, a special broadcast from the Isle of Lewis. So taking a group up to the Isle of Lewis to do a special uh, broadcast from there. Um, and the other uh, quite exciting thing is that um, uh, Leading the Way has just appointed uh, the person who used to run uh, Billy Graham's uh, evangelistic campaigns. He has now come on board with, with Leading the Way. And in London next year, next October, we shall be launching a global program of evangelistic campaigns. Uh, so that will start uh, in London, uh, an exciting program uh, across the globe. Um, so that just gives you a, you know, a, a flavour of uh, of what we have to look forward to uh, next year. Um, and we, we we do hope that you know some of your listeners or many of your listeners uh, will will join us maybe for one of those uh, events um, and. Uh, information will be available on our on our website. Uh, so if you go to Lead in the Way uh, or ltw.org, uh, you'll find information there. You can also find us on our social media platforms. Um, and you can also call uh, our office to find out more information. And the telephone number is 0800 432 <laughs> And of course, we uh, we haven't mentioned at all the multiplicity of books and so on that that Doctor uh, Youssef has has written. Mm. Are are all of those books, including his latest one, available via your website as well as, of course, in all of the the Christian bookstores? Yeah. Uh, absolutely, Blair. So the best place to go is to ltw.org um, and uh, look, look at the uh, the library of books that um, uh, that, that are available to purchase. They can either be purchased through our, our website or um, they, they will be held by most Christian bookshops. Now, obviously, uh, as we draw everything uh, together, it has been uh, quite quite a journey. But, of course, that journey uh, needs a, a fresh vis- vision. So as you look forward, you know, as the UK uh, director of Leading the Way, what what vision is it that you personally are holding for the ministry? I mean, you've already articulated some of them, but but tell us, yeah. uh, just make it a bit more personal, Alan. What do you what do you hope that will happen? Yes, I, I uh, personally, I would like to see um, Dr. Youssef's ministry um, and the name of Dr. Youssef become a household name amongst the Christian public in the UK. He is quite well known within the UK, but I think, you know, there are still pockets of the the Christian community in the UK who are not so familiar. So I think us working really hard, you know, to get um, Michael Youssef's preaching and teaching uh, on more uh, TV stations or more radio stations to have a greater impact on social media. Um, and I think, you know, the sort of the end point of that uh, is that more people uh, will hear the gospel and hopefully respond, uh, and more Christians will, will deepen their faith and relationship with God um, through Michael's, you know, very solid, systematic Bible teaching. Uh, so I think, you know, to flood the UK with great Bible teaching, uh, with the gospel message so that people respond uh, in, in in a very positive way, I think I think that is my heart uh, and and prayer 
for the next few years. And of course, as you've already said, you know, making great investment in that in terms of, of Michael's ministry being available on many more platforms. And uh, and of course, that the ministry is available on your own platform as well. People can go and listen to those, those radio programs that Michael puts yep. out there as well. Isn't that so? Absolutely. So um, uh, we have uh, a Leading the Way app, um, which has uh, an archive of, of all radio and TV broadcasts. Uh, it has the, the, the full Bible. It has a Bible reading plan. Uh, it has a daily e-devotional. And we also produce a monthly magazine called MY Journal, My Journal, uh, which can be received by mail or it can be accessed through the through the app. So the app is probably a great place to find all you know all those resources.